0: Crush the Rush Collective. On this week's episode of the Crush the Rush podcast, we are talking all about how to build your dream team and the best part is we're talking about it no matter what level you're at in your business, whether or not you are a solopreneur or on your way to seven figures. And to talk about the best way to build and keep engagement high with your team, we have brought in expert Brandy Mabra. Now, Brandy's story by itself is so inspiring because as a Black woman in business in 2019, Brandy has been able to scale you her coaching and consulting business to multiple six figures and is on her way to seven. She also tells the story of how she picked herself up from bankruptcy as a single mother, and then went on to build her business while working full time. And she has worked with more than 200 women, helping them find their confident selves as a savvy CEO. And the best part is she has 15 years of business management experience, which I can definitely relate to and team building experience experience working with multiple corporate and small businesses in the healthcare industry and she worked in the C suite so her knowledge runs deep when it comes to building a business fun fact she's also from ohio and is a certified professional coast coach and master energy leadership practitioner. I am telling you what, this is such a fun, inspiring podcast, but also very tangible because we're going to talk about why building your team before you're ready is so important, how to keep that engagement high, and how to create culture within your team on day one. This is an episode you don't want to miss. Hi, Brandy. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Good. Hi, Holly. Thank you so much for
1: having me today.
0: You're so welcome. I'm so excited to have you on, one, to just tell your story, but two, we're also going to talk about building your dream team. But first we have a fellow Ohio state grad on the podcast. So it was, you know, I think sometimes the before and after the interview are like the most interesting. And so we had so much in common just from our background, which is super fun. So we love, love a good Midwestern background, but tell us a little bit about you and sort of how you got started to where you are today. Yeah, well, I'm originally
1: from Ohio, <laughs> you know, and so <laughs> I
0: am based now in North
1: Carolina and Charlotte. So I've been here for a number of years. But essentially, my career started out as in in corporate world and healthcare, essentially. So I have started out and doing cardiac rehab and clinical oh, wow. and everything. And so essentially, I ended up getting a job at a cardiology practice and started an internship program, which started to give me some management experience. And so with that experience, I made A bold leap to move from Ohio to North Carolina. It was shortly after, you know, filing bankruptcy. I was a single mom. I had a two year old son. My son is now 16. (laughs) And I just knew that there was a better life for us. And I wasn't sure exactly what that was going to look like. So when I got to North Carolina, I ended up in a practice manager role, which is essentially being a manager of a medical practice. And as I progressed throughout my career, I ended up in the C-suite 15 years, you know, essentially in the C-suite. And so it was that experience that once I became an entrepreneur that I started to tap into fully with my business and just looking at the opportunity. And so it's always interesting when you talk about the winding road that gets you to starting a business or that following, you know, the whisper, like you're always meant to do something more. That definitely was part of, part of my journey. And so now, you know, fast forward to today, I'm a full-time business owner. I'm a CEO of my own company. You know, I've Uh, you know, scaling my business right now to seven figures, you know, it's definitely been fun. I did the corporate, you know, the side hustle, you know, starting my business while working, you know, that whole thing. And I'm just really excited for where I'm at today. But it's, you know, it's all a journey. It's definitely a journey. And so trying to sum up, literally 15 years of history. I and like, and like, you know, a short bit of time is, is definitely challenging. But there was a lot of bumps and learning lessons and mistakes and opportunities that I definitely have tapped into to get me to where I'm at today, essentially.
0: Yeah. It sounds like as you sort of shared your story going from bankruptcy and a single mom to being in the C-suite to then starting your own business, you had a lot of sort of, I call them pivots, like key pivots where you're like, okay, this needs to change. I'm going this direction. How did you know that you needed to sort of pivot in a different way? I've always followed my intuition and I've always followed
1: my gut. So essentially for a while, I was called quote unquote, a job hopper. And it was just, I would always get to a place where I was bored. Essentially, you know, I mm-hmm. would, I got to the point in my career where I was being hired specifically to fix businesses and to come in and look at profitability, look at teams, look at, you know, re-engaging teams, you know, looking at what we needed to do from an operational standpoint, like all of those things. And once the, everything was fixed, I was looking for the next opportunity. Mm -hmm. So with that, you know, the next opportunity was always usually a promotion or, you know, I worked in corporate, I worked in, you know, small business. It was all within the healthcare industry, but essentially it allowed for me to learn more, do more. It challenged me, but I've always started with following my gut. So the second that I got a whisper, like you're meant to do more than this, or this is, you know, you can do something different or, you know, just not being scared to change it up a bit and not being attached to where I was at or what I was doing and knowing that there was something meant that was going to lead to i guess a better situation especially with me being a mother mm-hmm. like my son's always been my number one motivation and at this point in time i'm part of a blended family of four but i'm the breadwinner for my family you know i've always been very career oriented but at the same time my family is my rock and mm-hmm. i've always tried to make sure that i put myself in a position to have flexibility and to also to make the money that i wanted to make so
0: yeah that's super inspiring i think there's so much to be said about listening to your gut right and we were talking mm-hmm. before this cuz I'm super big on strategy. And I always feel like if you have a plan and you can execute against the plan and I always say like facts, not feelings, but at some point in time, you can like look at the piece of paper and know like this is the right thing or this is not the right thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. And there's been a couple of times I'll say, like, I've taken a position. Like, when I first got into the C suite, I took a position and I completely loadballed myself salary wise. And so it's still, again, just following that gut and then also realizing that everything, I'm a big believer, everything's happening for you. So I look Mm -hmm. back now, like, with my career, my career set me up in such a great position to where I'm at now. You know, it's the CEO skill set that I learned being in the C-suite and some of the amazing CEOs that I had the pleasure of being able to work with, to be able to watch them listen, you know, watch how they moved. That is made me more successful in building my company and been able to actually help me accelerate my growth. And I've you feel even with your strategy background, I'm sure mm-hmm. it's helped you move quicker and faster and pivot into not be nervous or to, you know, to have a plan. I feel like there's so many business owners who don't have a plan, you know, they're just kind of moving along. But when it comes to building a business, essentially it's, you do have to, you do, you have to have a plan, you have to, you know, but that intuition is definitely part of it too.
0: Yeah. I love that. And that's a great sort of transition because today we wanted to talk about how to, grow and scale your dream team. And I think your story is such an awesome one because you know we all start out as just one person, but then eventually like you do need help and you do need to figure out like what can you outsource? And I think outsourcing is the key to growth sometimes that people get really nervous to take that step. So my first question is based on your experience, how do you know it's the right time to hire or even make your first hire? if you're looking to sort of get to the next level.
1: Yeah. I think anytime that you're spending too much time on something, or if you're sitting there and you're thinking to yourself, I hate this or you're procrastinating, <laughs> so or, me. or you're putting it off, or you're just like, me. And I would rather hit my head up against this wall, you know, compared to doing this right now. That's always your key to hire. There's different things that people talk about where your business needs to be in a place of profitability. You have to be bringing in money. I believe, and what I did was actually I hired while I was still working my full-time job because I had the capital essentially to fund my team. So, and I, was in a place where I didn't have time to do all the things. I wanted to move quicker and faster. So I hired my first person. It was a tech person to help me, you know, with things because of just all the automations and and different things. I hated it. And then tech was not my friend. So that was the first thing that I hired out. And then it's, my team has just grown from there, but it's getting really clear on what you're good at and getting Mm -hmm. really clear on what you're not good at and delegating the things that you're not good at and getting them off of your plate as soon as possible. And it's always a great time. Some of the questions, I always get asked, like, well, what happens if I can't pay for the person or what happens? Well, while you're working, technically, if you have that paycheck that's coming in, you can filter that in. And it's not saying that the person has to come on and work 40 hours a week for you, but they can come in and help you a couple hours a week. They can come Mm -hmm. in and, you know, maybe help you 10 hours a month. And you'll have a paycheck essentially every two weeks, every week, every month that you know Mm -hmm. is guaranteed money to come in and pay for that team essentially too. So that was one of the things that I did was I hired early. That's one of the things I always say hire early, you know. And so as your company grows, it's been easier for me to make pivots. It's been easier for me to grow essentially Too, after I left my career and now full-time in my business. I've had a longstanding person who's been with me for a long time, who knows the history, who who is essentially can jump in. Like if I need to take time off like next month, I'll be in Bora Bora. So she's oh. going to be, yeah. So like she's going to be the go-to person for me. So it, it allows for you to to do a couple of different things, but just definitely getting clear on, on who you are as a person, I think,
0: and yeah. what help you need. I think hire early is really good advice. Except, I think people get really nervous about it, but I think one of the benefits of starting a business while you're working full-time is you do have that little bit of an extra cushion. And I know for me, I had a very similar strategy where it was like, I don't have time to do this. And if I want to grow the way that I think I want to grow, I have to outsource first before I make the kind of money that I want to make. So I really like that advice. Could you give us a little peek into like what your team structure looks like when you started and like what you're growing into?
1: Yeah, yeah. So as initially I had my tech person who's still my tech person. He still helps with things. And then I hired who is now my director of operations. She started out essentially as a social media person. So just mm-hmm. to do help with posts, because that was one of the things I knew, like I didn't have time to do all the social <laughs> bang media.
0: Bang your head against the wall. <laughs> right,
1: right. And I was just like, gosh, and I didn't even have my social media. It's like I had given it up. And so I hadn't been on social media for two, like two years before I even started my business. And so once I started my business, I was like, heck, go on. I have to do social media. <laughs> so I hired. So that was another hire that I did. So now she's my director of operations. I have a growth person who helps me with, you know, growing our social media channels. And then I have a marketing assistant who is helping. And then some of the hires that I'm making later on this year is a coach to help me with, with my community, you know, with clients and things. And then I'm eventually getting into a place where I want to hire a copywriter and some of the things just as I'm growing in order to get things off of my plate. So right now my mm-hmm. current team helps me with a lot of the in the weeds work which is nice. So I can focus on working with my clients and making sure that our program is on point. But even those things, as the company grows, there'll be some things that I'll be delegating so. mm-hmm. and not afraid to. So I'm all about delegation.
0: <laughs> yeah. Any advice, if you're nervous, to delegate something that's like close to your heart as you have sort of built it from scratch. Yeah, that was something
1: I did not anticipate because in my corporate <laughs> career, I was delegation queen. Like, let me, can you help me with this? Can you do that? But when the business is your baby, it is, it definitely becomes a little bit more challenging. So one of the things I always recommend is putting your brain on paper. So we have, you know, policy and procedures. We have standard operating procedures just to make sure that things are being done the way that they're supposed to be done, essentially, and just sure making sure that the structure is there. The other thing too, is that we have a hub where we keep everything, in place, like one place, essentially, so everybody knows where to get things. But also, too, we have really sound communication where we meet every week. We talk about strategy. We have content meetings, you know, just to make sure that things are on point. My team is very transparent with me where they kick me out of meetings, where they kick me out of doing tasks and mm-hmm. things. And so ultimately, the team has been set up for success delegation wise. So that way, if there's something I do need to get off my plate, or they can see that I'm being the bottleneck. They'll tell me, you know, this needs to come off your plate. But the biggest fear is that they're going to mess it up. You know, Mm -hmm. that it's my face, it's my name, it's my reputation that's on the line. And so ultimately, we talk through those things. You know, what does it look like? Everything doesn't come to me for approval. But in the beginning, there were things that were coming to me. So that way I could see, I could check it. I could make sure that it was on point. But now what's happened is we've gotten to the point where I trust my team. Like the content is there. You know, I can go in and make tweaks if I need to, even with like reels or, you know, different things that we're working on. But essentially I trust them. I trust Mm -hmm. them. But it started out with me being very honest about this is how I'm feeling about delegating it. And then what do we need to do in order to make sure that things are coming to the point where they need to be, or that we're actually putting things out that. I feel comfortable with and that you understand the way, like the vision essentially. Mm -hmm. So one of my favorite sayings that I heard is as a CEO, you're the vision, your team is the mission. So essentially you're the one who comes up. Yeah. So essentially like you're the one who comes up with All the ideas and the vision, this is where we're going to be in the next five years. And it's important for your team to understand that. But they're the mission. You know, they're the ones who are implementing. They're the ones who are executing. They're the ones who are actually putting your vision into action and into work in order for you to build a business. So...
0: Yeah. I love that saying. I had not heard that. I've heard a lot about vision and mission, but I like how it's broken up. It sounds like you have a lot of different sort of checkpoints. That's part of your culture. Can you talk about how You started to establish your team culture early on, maybe even when you just had one employee. Yeah. And that's the thing, actually, because your
1: culture is even if you're by yourself, you still have a culture because you have you and your personality and your vision, right? So it's getting really clear on what do you want to build. And then as the business grows, it changes. And so we have our mission, we have our vision here recently, because of some of the pivots that we've done, it's changed. You know, especially with me scaling to seven, I've had to niche down a little bit more. So that and that vision has changed to become more specific. Mm -hmm. However, it's a matter of us always looking at operational processes and workflows. That's like one of the biggest things Mm -hmm. and trying to make sure that, again, that communication is there, that things are documented, that we have a hub for where people people can find things, you know, looking at the organization of of things. And so those are some of the things that are part of our our culture is efficient operations. The biggest thing though, too, is that we're very honest with how we feel. So with our agenda, every Monday we meet, one of the topics on our agenda is do we need any time off? You know, how is our energy? How are we showing up? Are we burnout? Do we need a day? You know, just some of those things. (laughs) What are we doing for ourselves? And so that is, you know, been a very positive thing too, because they feel comfortable saying, yeah, you know, I'm getting to a point of burnout. I need Friday off. You know, like one of my team members was off yesterday. Another one off is off on Friday. And that's open. That's allowed. It's allowing for that communication, asking for that communication, asking for that feedback and just being honest, you know? And so again, it starts with that clear mission and vision, but then knowing what your values are too, and having that as part of your culture as well. And so one of the biggest things for me is that freedom of time, you know, having the purpose and then making sure that the self-care is on point too. So
0: yeah. I love that question. I actually asked my mastermind members that question in our like weekly feedback, like, how are you? And like, what are you doing for yourself? And I think when that question first came up, they're like, why are you asking that? That's not business related. And I'm like, well, it actually is <laughs> because mm-hmm. if you're completely burnt out or your team is com- completely burnt out, then I feel like you're not going to get the results.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. That and that's, that's so true. And oftentimes we always think about it for ourselves, like our, You know, like, how are we doing? But essentially, Mm -hmm. too, like to to the point, if your team is burnt out, if your team is not able to produce or if they're hating their jobs or they don't want to come to work, that's a problem. You know, that's where turnover happens. You know, that's and that costs money. That's Mm -hmm. something where you can lose money because if you have a revolving door of people coming in and, you know, having to relearn things, you know, that's, that's definitely a problem too. And that's always, anytime I always see a high turnover rate, I always know it goes back to business culture always.
0: Yeah, that's such a good point. Any other tips on how to motivate your team or incentivize your team or any just sort of behind the scenes culture things that have worked for you?
1: Yeah, I actually just spoke with this with one of my clients. I met with one of my clients before recording that. But essentially just one of the best things that you can do to get buy in from your team or to engage your team is to ask them what they think. that is and as the ceo and as a business owner oftentimes we feel like we have to have all the answers we need to be perfect we can't say we don't know or we have no idea or we just have to show up and just be the perfect you know leader but essentially that it's the opposite of that you know leadership is all about being authentic leadership is all about not knowing all the answers and a lot of times your team has so many ideas that they can bring to the table so one of the best things that you can do for your team is ask for their opinion and involve them in the process So even with the pivot that we've done here recently, they've been involved heavily in that process. They've helped, you know, with reworking, you know, strategy, they've helped with reworking some of our operational processes. They've helped with, you know, just getting ideas and, you know, what about this? Or I saw this. And so as we've been really in a kind of a stressful place, it hasn't felt stressful, but it's because I've involved them and I've done that throughout my whole entire career. So
0: Yeah. I think that's such good advice just in general. Like I personally feel like the more questions you ask the better, like in any situation. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. People don't like to be told what to do.
0: Essentially nobody, none of us (laughs) do,
1: you know, so it's always better where, and you might know the answer, especially because it's your business, but still engage your team as part of the process, still ask for their thought and insight, not saying that you're going to be able to use everything that they bring to the table, but you can still ask and that goes over well.
0: Yeah, I love that. Any other checklist items or insight that you have about hiring or building a team before we wrap up? Yeah, job descriptions. <laughs> I would
1: always <laughs> say, like, <laughs> have a job description. Write it um, down. Yeah, like some of the clients that I work with are getting ready to hit seven figures, and they have, you know, even multi seven-figure businesses, and there's job descriptions that are just missing, but they have people doing the roles, and then they don't mm-hmm. understand why sometimes they don't understand what they're supposed to do, or what they're not doing, and there's nothing that's written down, and I could go into all the legal part of it, too, essentially when you have a team and there's no job description, but yeah, have a job description. And it doesn't have to be like very formal, but just having what you want the person to do. And as you're hiring them, you know, what do you want them to do? So for example, with the tech, you know, having a job description, I want them to help with automations. I want to have them help with website changes. I want to have them, you know, help with some of those things, just having a really clear understanding of what you want the person to do. That's always helpful. And you can do that by having a job description. So.
0: Yeah, I think that's really good advice. And I would say we were talking before, like kind of how growth happens when you Mm -hmm. sort of least expect it. And I think if you're listening and you're like, well, I just have one person on my team and I don't have a job description. It's okay to go back. Right. So, like, that's what we're doing right now. Like, we're going back and like creating the hub and creating Mm -hmm. the job descriptions and creating the SOPs. Like, I did not have those on day one. We still did fine. Right. But Mm -hmm. you can go back and fix it as you sort of learn and grow and, not, you know, doesn't all have to be perfect when you first yeah, start. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Done is better than perfect. And then some of the things too that you can do is if you're just doing, then start to write things down. Start to yeah. think about, like, what am I doing now and be prepared. So one of the things I always say is be prepared for what you're asking for. A lot of times we want, you know, I want to have all the clients, I want to have all the money, and I want to, you know, have this big <laughs> company. But are you really prepared for that? Yeah. Like, if you were given that tomorrow, would, what would you do with it? And so essentially it's just being prepared for what you're asking for. Like it's already yours. Mm -hmm. And so if you know, I'm not going to be the person who's going to be doing this, go ahead. You know, act like that you already have a team. You already know that you're going to delegate. You know, if there's something that you're working on, I'm going to have someone else do this. Cool. Start to write down like when you are doing it, what are you doing? Because essentially that will end up serving as a job description. And that's Mm -hmm. going to be helpful for when you actually do make the hire and someone else is now part of your business. So It's just, again, a lot of building a business starts with clarity and what we want and what we don't want. But just, again, just thinking this has already happened. I'm already successful. And then you're just putting those things in place as you, as you build.
0: Yeah. I love that. Such good advice. I think whether you're just getting started or scaling to six and seven figures. So before we wrap up, we always like to get to know our guests a little bit. So my first question is, what's your current morning routine? (sighs) Oh,
1: gosh so for me I'm very sound in my spirituality so it always starts with my morning devotionals and my prayer time when I don't do that then I am a wreck you know mm-hmm. even my team can tell you know Brandon, did you do your morning devotionals this morning uh, because I just <laughs> like you know I'm just kind of out of it so it starts with that and then I always have my you know cup of coffee and just my quiet time just to be centered for myself so that's my that's my morning routine I
0: love um, that I love that that your team calls you out if you're feeling mm-hmm. off <laughs> yeah I mean they really do they really really do there's all kinds of
1: stories I could give you about what they do <laughs> That's but, awesome. Yeah. yeah what book are you currently reading oh goodness right now it is crushing and so it is actually by TD Jakes um, mm-hmm. and it's just talking about when you're stepping into something bigger and you're meant to do something bigger, then ultimately you go through a crushing process. And so it's literally preparing you for what is coming and what is meant for you. So it feels very painful. I think oftentimes, Mm -hmm. like when you're going through it or you feel like, oh my gosh, nothing's working out or, oh my goodness, you know, this feels so hard. Oftentimes during those times, it's really, it's actually, you need to put a spin on it because it's preparing you for what's next. It's preparing Mm -hmm. you for that next level. It's not a punishment. And so I'm learning that right now just because the you know quarter one for us was again, it was like a lot of crushing. <laughs> so yeah. and now we're kinda on the other side of it and a lot of things are starting to fall into place. And I'm like, oh, okay. I was just being prepared. It's okay. Yeah. I was just
0: <laughs> being prepared. Yeah. So I love that. That sounds like an awesome book. And then just for fun, what's your favorite vacation spot? Although I will say Bora Bora sounds amazing. Yes, I'm sure it's gonna be up there, but right now my actual
1: favorite vacation spot has was is Greece so we last year yeah last year we went to we did island hopping in Greece and so I travel a lot like if you go to my Instagram page you'll see I believe in CO breaks and I've been on all over the world but that's probably my favorite followed by Egypt we were in Egypt in February so
0: oh so cool I know Mm. I was like peeking all your pictures which is why I was so excited (laughs) to ask that question like oh I can't wait to hear her answer (laughs) So thank you so much. This has been so insightful and inspiring. I think even just with the nuggets of like taking a CEO break and just getting started before you are ready. So I would love for you to share where everyone can find you, what you guys have coming up, anything else you'd like to share.
1: Yeah, thank you. You can always find me on Instagram at Savvy Clover Coaching. So S A V V Y C L O V E R Coaching. I'm always on Instagram. You can also too find me at www.savvyclover.com, and there is there is a business health checklist. So that business health checklist is going to help you own your CEO status and to think more as a CEO for your business. And it goes into exactly you know what are some different things that you can do business wise from marketing, operations team, all the good things and just taking some time out to plan what you have going on in your business. So, you know, that's really the biggest thing that we have going on. Yeah. So come, I come love find that. me.
0: <laughs> I know. I know our listeners love a good checklist too. So thank you so much. You're welcome. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Crush the Rush podcast. I honestly feel like this podcast is an extension of me and our community. And so I hope you come back and listen for more. If you're feeling inspired and ready to take action, there's actually some really amazing ways that you can stay connected with us. Number one, if you want to see this episode come to life with visuals and bonus behind the scenes, you can head over to our YouTube channel, which is at Holly Marie Haynes. We like to post some bonuses there. So I hope that you're excited to learn more about these topics. And then as always, you can leave a review. Your feedback helps this show grow and reach more amazing listeners just like you. We've made it really, really easy. You can simply go to hollymariehaynes.com forward slash podcast. Podcast and click the review button. You can also find custom playlists and more to just say thank you and offer you another amazing way to And because of that, I wanted to just get to know you better. So I would love it if you would head over to hollymariehaines.com forward slash chat and tell me what you think of this episode. You can text me, voice message me, send me a video, email me and ask me anything. I'm a real human. And yes, it's me on the other end, answering the messages. So I would love to know, like, what did you like about this episode? What would you like to hear more about? Did something resonate with you? Or maybe inside this episode, I gave you a keyword to learn more. If I did, you can just pop this keyword into the chat. And this is a way for us to connect and chat more. So just go to hollymariehaines.com forward slash chat. And I can't wait to hear from you.